into our second week now of Habits of Spiritual Survival. It's about spiritual survival, not physical survival, because remember that I am not a body with a soul. I'm a soul with a body. And so my spiritual life is very, very important. I'm trying to survive. So we've got these habits these repeated routines or practices, sometimes called disciplines, things we do over and over to survive spiritually. We're using the image of a survival fire. Remember, we're going to take week by week another habit and just lay it on the fire like another log to build a roaring blaze, hopefully, in your spiritual life. If you remember last week, I told you that a fire is not only for survival, but it's also for warmth. We gather around a fire and there's connection and there's intimacy and there's relationship. Remember, with these habits, we are not earning brownie points with God. But these are things to build our connection and our intimacy with our Lord. Speaking of Lord, remember last week, the very first log on the fire was lordship. I told you that's the starter log. That thing takes off and it's going to set all the other logs on fire. This week, the log that we're going to add to the stack is the Word of God, the Bible. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, one of my favorite passages about it, Psalm 119, is a very long psalm. It talks all about the Word, but in the middle of it, look how many, we're in verse 103. You know it's a long psalm when you're in the hundreds, right? But let's look at this together. It says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Obviously, this is about spiritual survival. This talks about things that we absolutely need to have. Like, if you look in the passage... There are two things going on. One is revelation, and the other is direction. And for our spiritual survival, we need them both. Revelation and direction. Let's talk about revelation first. Notice it says, how sweet are your words. These are the words of God. And through the words of God, we get understanding. Now, revelation is just a fancy word. It means he's revealing things to us, things we wouldn't know otherwise. And he does this because he's a speaking God. Remember, at creation, God spoke and flung the universe into existence. He's a speaking God. Jesus, as the kind of the front man of the Trinity, the communicator, he is called the Word. Jesus is called the Word. So, well, wait a minute. When when it comes to our our Bibles, like, didn't, didn't men write this down? Didn't people write this down? Isn't this a word of, listen, uh, first, uh, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says that men carried along by the Holy Spirit wrote. What that means is that, yes, Paul wrote Galatians that we just went through. But the Holy Spirit so carried Paul along through the process that the very words he wrote down were the words of God. Such that when you read something like 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture, what, what God wrote down, all Scripture is God, oh, God breathed. It comes out of the mouth of God. It is His Word. 
Now, the problem is that you all just took that in stride. And you're missing something. What I'm saying is, God spoke to us. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Listen, some of you would giggle like a little schoolgirl if LeBron James so much as looked your direction, let alone spoke to you. Okay? Now, that's a guy that quit on us. I'm not going into it, but, but uh, you do you. You do you, okay? But listen, what I'm talking about here is the one true God of the universe who actually wanted you to know stuff and had it written down for you. That's revelation. That's crazy. Let me tell you about this book. There's, there's actually, there's not one book here. There's 66 books broken up between the Old Testament and New Testament. And it was written over a period of 1,500 years in three languages by 40 different authors. Now, when you hear that, your mind starts to stretch and we freak out. Listen, don't freak out. Don't, don't get intimidated by this. I've heard the word of God spoken of as like a cross-section of a river. You know, the river flows. And, and if you think about a river, some of them are deep enough. The word of God is this way. It's deep enough in the middle that you could drown an elephant. Like you could study this book for your entire life and then next day learn something new. You'll never exhaust this. Never. It's so deep. And yet, if you think about the river, the river is so shallow at the edges that a mere child could wander in and splash around. And so I don't want you to be intimidated. Like if I say, hey, take out your Bible and open to Malachi and the blood drains from your face, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, I have no idea. You're in the right place. Right? Because the word of God, he made it accessible so you can splash in the edges. That's okay. We're really glad you're here. In the midst of all the complexity of the word of God, don't miss the simplicity of his revelation to us. It is one continuous drama of revelation. And there is one central hero, and that is Jesus Christ, who through the revelation we learn is 100% man, 100% God. That blows our mind. We would never dream it up. It is because he had to reveal it to us. And there's one central event, one climactic event, and it's the cross, where 100% of God's justice is on display and 100% of his love, mercy, and grace We would have never dreamed that up. He had to reveal that to us. And there's one unified message, and it's the problem of sin and our broken relationship with God and the salvation, the solution that is offered in Jesus Christ. It's one message. And these are things, then, that God had written down for us. This is what our God wants us to know. Now, for you to get a little bit more of a flavor for that, I want to give you a longer quote but from my favorite author. wrote this. He wants to talk with us. God does. You know, the one who spoke the galaxies into existence? Yes, him. He wants to talk to us, wants to whisper sweet nothings in our ears and remind us that we are more deeply loved than we could ever imagine, despite our many flaws longs to tell us the most ancient stories and unfold some of the great mysteries for us. To recount the time when he told the proud waves to stop and scrunch the land up into little piles that we call mountains. Or the time he became as small as a speck and lived in a womb for nine months. Or how he was thinking about me and you and the joy set before him. 
back when the weight of the world bore down on his shoulders in the darkest of dark moments 2,000 years ago. Or how he's going to give me a new name one day. On that one day when he comes on the clouds to catch me up and take me home where I belong. To that one place that doesn't even need a son because he's there. Yes, he'd like to chat with me about those things. I told you it's my favorite author. It's amazing that he wants to chat with me about those things. Listen, this is revelation. It is invaluable. And through it, we gain understanding stuff we would not have known otherwise. The secrets of the universe, the secrets of the human heart are right there. And if we do not have revelation from God, we have imagination about God. If God does not reveal himself to us, then this we're just worshiping a God of our imagination. We're just making stuff up. And for our spiritual survival, we need revelation, we need understanding, because without it, I was blind. But now I see. It's essential for our spiritual survival. But another aspect of the need for survival is not only revelation, but is also direction. So if you go back to our passage, I think my hands are cold from the ride in. And oh, whoa, no, it's laggy. All right. That's what I'm doing. All right, there we go. So look at the direction. If we look in here, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right? Now, if we do not have the word of God, what that is saying is you are walking in the dark. Parents, you ever walk through your house in the dark and step on Legos? Lots of fun, right? Right? Lots of fun right there. Listen, it may be that the pain you're feeling in your life is because you are stepping on a lot of Legos as you walk through life. Because you do not have the light onto your path. What you need is the Word of God in order to give you direction. But one of the things we're going to have to decide is are we going to be over the Word of God or are we going to be under the Word of God? Which is it going to be? And the way you know that is, do you correct the word of God or does it correct you? So, so do we say things like, you know, poor, <laughs> poor silly little God. Like some of the things he wrote in his ancient and immature word, poor God. I'm going to correct that for him. I'm going to update that for him. And I'm over the word correcting it. Now that's the, either that or I'm going to be under the word and it corrects me. This is the word of God himself, and he speaks into our lives and gives us direction, gives us correction, and we need it for our survival. Listen, if you are over the word, if you are editing it, if you are correcting the word of God, then listen, this, the greatest mind speaking into your life is you. I get your brilliant and all that. I get it. But that's really, really sad. You need a mind greater than you. You need a mind greater than your friends. A mind greater than your culture that can speak into your life. And this is why the word of God corrects us, not the other way around. It gives us direction for our survival. Now, 
thus far we've been talking about our survival. That's our need for the word of God, both revelation and direction. But I want you to catch something. Many people died so that we could be able to read this book. Listen, there, there's a period of time where the Catholic Church put this all in Latin. And the reason why they did that is because only the priests spoke Latin. The people didn't. And so now I, as your priest, could say, I can make it say whatever I want it to. And how do you know? Did you know that it says in here that if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be okay with God, you have to sign your house over to me? Did you know? You don't know. You don't read Latin. You want to be okay with God and go to heaven or not? You see the problem? And so what happened is um, uh, mostly men started to translate the Latin into the common language of the people so the people could read it and know it. And you know what the Catholic Church did? Burned them at the stake over and over and over again. Men and women died so that you could have this book and read it. And what we do is put it down. That's tragic. That's tragic. Now, there's a caution to what I just said to you there, though. Like, because what we'll do with that is you'd better read it or you're a bad Christian. And we're back to earning brownie points with God. So we talk about the habits of spiritual survival. Remember, it's not only survival fire, but it's also warmth and connection and intimacy in our relationship with God. So this survival is not only need, but it is also about desire. It's about connection with God. And you see that in the very first verse there. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Honey is awesome. Without honey, we wouldn't have baklava. Now listen, people, I love baklava as much as I love bacon. You know what level it's on now, right? I love baklava. Here's the thing. I have never in my life eaten baklava out of need. It's desire. It's desire. The word of God is not only our desperate need, but it ought to be delight and delicacy and desire. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's relationship, not religion. We say this all the time. Christianity is a relationship. Now, think about this. For any relationship to exist, you have to have communication. If there's somebody with whom you say you have a relationship, but there's no communication between you, you, you really don't have a relationship. There's no substance to it. You have to have communication. But let me clarify. Have you ever had a relationship in which one of you did all the talking? And maybe you did all the talk, or maybe it was that one blind date, and they, that person talked the entire time. You couldn't get a word in, and there was no second date, right? That is unhealthy. For, for communication to be healthy, it has to be two-way, right? We know that. It has to be two-way. Now, we need two-way communication in order to have a healthy relationship with our God. The primary way we speak to him is through prayer. That's next week's log. We'll get to that. But the primary way God speaks to us is through his word, the Bible. We need healthy communication with our God. In fact, we need to make it a daily habit of meeting with God on our own to hear from him and to speak to him. 
It's not rocket science. Listen, think about your marriage. Can I give you a marital secret for a moment? You guys need to talk together. Good stuff, right? Good, good stuff. That's why I get paid. <laughs> I was going to say the big Anyway, um, listen, uh, that's why, listen, that's not profound. That's not right. That's obvious, right? What about your relationship with God? What, what if you were to talk with him daily? Of course, this is not for super saints. This is a necessary part of your spiritual survival, your relationship with God. And therefore, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. I absolutely never, never want you to meet with your Bible. Never. I want you to meet with your God and hear his voice through the word. That's very, very different. Think of the Bible as if it were a phone, okay? Now, when I speak to Shannon on the phone, uh, presuming I can get her to answer it, for the sake of argument, occasionally she figures out the technology and we get to talk on the phone. We're in counseling. It's okay, people. <laughs> anyway, listen. When I talk to my precious wife on the phone, I have no thought in my mind that I'm meeting with a phone. This is just a device that I use to talk and hear the voice of my precious wife. That's all it is. So this becomes your phone. And when you meet with your God, you're not meeting with this. You're meeting with your God. You're just hearing his voice through it. Do not meet with a book. Meet with your God. Because his word is alive. Look at what Hebrews 4.12 says. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is not a dusty old book. This is the word of God, and it's living. It's active. Sometimes people come up to me after a sermon, and they say, Pastor, how did you know? It's like you were preaching right to me, and I say, Facebook stalking. <laughs> not what I say. What I say is, I just preach from here. And the word of God is living and active. Listen, I can't make that stuff happen. That's God using his word, which is living and active, and to speak into your life. That's easy for him. So let him do that in your daily conversation, your communication with him on your own. You might want to think of the Bible as a letter, albeit a very long letter, I, I grant you. But, but think of it as a letter written to you by the God of heaven and earth, the one called the Ancient of Days, your creator, your savior, your adoptive father, your Lord. Think of last week, your Lord, the one whose wisdom is only matched by his love for you. And he wrote some things down. And he wants you to hear this stuff to speak into your life. Man, If you then rip it open and just devour that sweet, sweet honey. You see, if we move from religion to relationship, then what we would do is we would shift from have to to get to. Have to is all duty and guilt and obligation, but get to is privilege and excitement and adventure. That's where we want to be. 
In Psalm 119, David said, the word of God is like honey. Again, I've never eaten baklava out of need. Instead, it's delight, it's delicacy, it's desire. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's the word of God. Let me give you another quote from Shannon. Said honey was often used as a form of currency or as a tribute or offering. It was something to be prized and savored. It was the sweetest thing he could think of in his culture, and that's how he felt about God's word. It would be like a piece of the richest, most indulgent dessert you can think of. She meant to say baklava. We'll talk later. But that is how he, David, felt about God's words. My hope is that you and I would do the same. That you would contemplate your approach to God's word, not as Brussels sprouts that you have to eat because they're good for you, though certainly God's word is good for us in every way, or an instruction manual for life that you set aside because it's dry. But instead, my hope is that we would be women or men who view God's word as the choicest of desserts, the most valuable of treasures. That you would be full of passion and longing when you consider reading your Bible because it it is your intimate peek at your Lord's heart and perspective. That's how King David felt about God's words. I think if we went to the Bible with that kind of anticipation and longing, it would change everything. It would transform us. As we ingest more and more of this honey, I think it would absolutely change who we are and how we think, not just what we do. See, that's that's what happens when you hear the voice of the lover of your soul. Our God. And we're talking about habits of spiritual survival. Again, habits are routines or practices that we repeat over and over in our spiritual life. So let's be honest for a moment. Most Christians feel guilty about the Bible. We know we should read it more, and we don't. Myself included. No, nobody in this room wants other people to know how little they read the Bible. That's just a reality. But, but look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So again, like David, he's comparing the word of God to food. In this case, bread. Bread was their staple food. It's what they ate every day. So there's a couple things in this analogy. One, food is for our survival. So is the word of God. Yep. Also, food is delight. Like, like think about when I sit down to eat baklava, it's not have to, it's get to. Thanksgiving feast, it's not have to, it's get to, it's delight. But he's also in, injecting something else here. It's about frequency. How many of you eat only once a week? Some of you do that spiritually. You're doing it right now. And you won't eat again for another week. See that? Now, 
if you eat only once a week, you'll get hangry. Like, how many of you, like, if you haven't eaten for two hours, you start to look like this one right here. You're hangry. You are hangry, right? Some of you are doing intermittent fasting, which means you're a jerk for half your days, right? You're hangry. Now, what if, what if you are living spiritually hangry? What if you're living spiritually hangry and you are starving your soul? What if instead of starving your soul, you ate daily, you made a habit out of it? Now, some of you eat daily, but unfortunately you have a crummy diet. Um, we tend to be a microwave generation, like from the internet to whatever. We expect things now. We want it now. And so what we're doing is for our diet, we're eating microwave dinners. Ooh, right? Like if you eat microwave dinners like all the time, like that's not a great diet. And so Shannon, God bless her, when she leaves town, uh, she goes to some conference or whatever, she'll make me a big crock pot of her chili. I think there's a correlation between her leaving me with a crock pot of chili and going out of town. I, you think on that, figure it out on your own. Okay, but anyway. Her chili is fantastic. One time I texted her and I said, if love has a flavor, it tastes like your chili. I just absolutely love her chili. Now why? Because what happens, it's no microwave dinner. You don't get it that way. What happens is you put it in a slow cooker. And it marinates and it stews and, that's, and then it just tastes fantastic. Most of you want a microwave dinner from the Bible. And that's not the way it works. It is a slow cooker. It builds over time. And we're doing this as a church. Let me tell you one of my approaches to the ministry. Somebody came up last week after the sermon and said, Pastor, you're more of a teacher than a preacher. That was a huge compliment to me. And he got it. He, he meant it as a compliment, and it was. I absolutely intend to be a teacher, not a preacher. I am not going for Matt Foley. Come on, Chris Farley, motivational speaker, right? I'm not going for Matt, Far Matt Foley. Matt Foley, is, uh, that is like emotionalism and hype and all. And some pastors approach it, approach it that way. But that's a preacher. And what the preacher is doing is he's having a lot of confidence in his words. And my confidence is in this word. And so I'm good to have a slow cooker that stews over time because I think that that's the healthiest diet for my people. It's about his word, not mine. But you've got to build this in your life, a daily habit of getting into the word. Now, for that, you need a plan. Because a lot of you right now have a kind of a have to. I have to do that. I need that. You have a have to, but you don't have a how to. And so if you do exhortation without application, it can lead to exasperation. And so you just need a good plan. A lot of you have a very poor plan. What you do is you open the Bible and you, you plop it down and you do this finger thing. Judas went out and hung himself. That's not good. Go thou and do likewise. Dang it! Like that's, that's not a good plan, okay? Like don't do that. Or... Or what you do is you start in Genesis and you make it all the way to Numbers and you're done, right? Or you do the year reading plan and you never make it out of January. You quit. Well, I'll start next January. And you repeat and repeat. That's, I know, I know. 
But listen, you've got to start somewhere and have a plan. So what I want you to do is take out your phones, and I want you to text. You see in the upper right there, text MEET, M-E-E-T, to 330-294-0249. So you text that word into that, and what you'll do, we'll send you a link to this section of our website, which we have packed with resources for you so you can have a plan. See three buttons on the bottom left there. If you click that top button, it will take you to this place on our website where it will give you a paint-by-numbers approach to meeting one-on-one with God. Walk in, pick a regular place, pick a regular time. Set your mind so that you're not meeting with a book. You're meeting with your God and hearing his voice through that book. It'll coach you to pray first, then talk about reading the Bible, and then it says, okay, then pray at the end. And it'll walk you through some bullet bullet points that I use almost every day in my one-on-one meeting with the Lord. Now, if you click the middle button, that will take you to some resources. Because if you're going to read the Bible, some of you are like, well, where do I start? I get that. So we have on that page, what we have are resources broken down into crawl, walk, and run. Some of you are brand new and you're a crawler. Okay, then, then we want to give you easy stuff, just splashing at the shores, right? Some of you have been doing this a while, and you're walking, and so there's resources for you. And then some of you, you're runners, and you're, you've been in at this a while, we've got resources for you. But if you click that bottom button, it'll take you to the Meet With God Challenge. Now, we do a lot of challenges in our culture. We've got the Ice Bucket Challenge, remember that? It's kind of, that one went big. <clears throat> then, then we had the Tide Pod Challenge. Those people aren't with us anymore. So. <clears throat> now we've got the Milk Crate Challenge. That's big right now. But what if, what if we had a Meet with God Challenge? So this is on our website so that you can download it, print it off. You can use it any month you want. But folks, we're coming up on the beginning of October. What if we as a spiritual family did a Meet with God Challenge throughout October? And the goal is you spend 20 minutes a day talking to God and hearing from Him, communicating with your God. And every day you do that, you check off the box. That's the challenge. And what your goal is, is to have 31 check marks on each one of the days. Of course, none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. And so just go for the longest streak possible. Or at the very least, don't have two days back-to-back with no check mark in there. If you want to, do it as a competition with somebody else. I'm fine with that. Put dinner on the line, right? Whoever has fewer check marks has to buy dinner at the end of the month. Fine. By the way, there's some great apps for this, like Habit Share. It's a free app you can do it. So if you'd like to do electronic check marks and you both can see it and all that. I love check marks. They're like it's my vice. Bacon, baklava, and check marks. That's it for me, right? <laughs> it's my vice. Maybe my love language. I don't know. But listen, I want you to catch this. Your ultimate goal is not check marks, but connection. If you got 31 check marks and no connection, we've failed. Right? It's not check marks, it's connection with your God. Now remember, this is not bonus, this is not extra, this is survival. When you encounter a challenge like this, I, your pastor, am asking you through October to spend 20 minutes communicating with God every day. And a lot of you said, I just don't have time for that. 
Now listen, you don't have time. You don't own time. The only one that has time is God, okay? We all get the same 24 hours a day, and what we do is we make time, and we spend time according to our priorities. You are a soul with a body. This is about your spiritual survival. So you've probably seen things like this where it says, if it is important to you, you will find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. Now remember, lordship is the starter log. It sets everything else on fire. So if Jesus Christ is your Lord, what's that going to do in this area? But if we are simply living the American dream with a nice little sprinkle of Christian religion, that's when the word of God becomes a chore, becomes a bother. I'll make an excuse. But if Jesus is my Lord, then I desperately need to hear from him. I desperately want to hear from him. I need his voice into my life, not to me with a book, but to me with my God and to hear his sweet honey voice speaking into my soul. It is my delight. I will find a way. I will fight for it. He's my Lord. And I'll be honest with you, I've noticed Seasons in my life where I have read the Bible a lot and seasons when not, not so much. And I got to tell you, I like read the Bible, Rick, a lot better than not read the Bible, Rick. It just changes my life. And I want the same for all of us. Hearing his word is our delight because it is a personal communication from the God who made me, the God who loves me, the God who died for me. And I can't believe that he wants to talk to me. So if Jesus Christ is your Lord, then hearing his word in your life daily is essential. It's important. And you will find a way, not find an excuse. And I want to pray for that right now. Bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, We, your children, desperately, desperately need you. You're our Lord. And we want to communicate with you. And and so many of us run to prayer and we pray and we pray. What if we heard from you as much as we spoke to you? Lord God, I know both prayer and your word are important. But i got to say before you, I know who you are. I know that you already know anything I'm going to pray to you. So if i got to choose, I want to hear from you. I think it's much more important that I hear from you than you hear from me. And so, Father God, please, I repent of the, uh, the, the ways in, in my past where I've just devalued your word and ignored your word. I want all of us to, Lord, not only run to it out of need, but also out of delight. That we would enjoy connecting with you, our God, hearing your voice as you speak into our lives. I pray that would not only happen this week, but, Lord, you would take our whole spiritual family here at Redemption through a great challenge throughout October that we would see the temperature just go up as the fire starts to build in our relationship with you. And I pray for that in Christ's name. Amen.